Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 25-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices, electronically, of course, so that we can stay employed because our bosses would never allow us to bring you our unfiltered views on stocks every week when we get together and look for ideas in that week's Value Line Investment Survey uh, and talk about it. And, uh, How often do you think they would let us do it? They wouldn't let us do it each week. Every other week? Can I get back to you on yeah, that? Okay. Sure. We want to, uh, before we uh, get to uh, the meat of the show, we want to remind everybody that this is for entertainment purposes only. And we may own all the stocks that we're talking about or have other nasty conflicts of interest that uh, really, yeah, I mean, you just don't even want to. may know the people or. Uh, uh, but just assume that they're bad. Motive. Uh, yeah. Or there's always a possibility that we're, you know, not as uh, expert about a given subject. I like to summarize that aspect about. as being completely uninformed. Those are the two uh, words no, I often I, use. I don't think I'm ever completely uninformed. Well, no, I, I don't. But that's the caveat we should give is that we may be completely uninformed. Uninformed. Or right. maybe we're not, you know, sometimes you're just not having your best day. Not best, maybe not, we're not, not having day. our best day that day. Maybe not. And so maybe Pro- if you're not sure. having your best day, there's probably some kind of external agent that, is affecting Could your be. ability to have Do your Do you have any day. other caveats? Let's or not anything? go there any further. Yeah. What else uh, do you uh, if you want to learn more about us, please visit our website at www. That's the way most websites start. Yeah, uh, no dot news there. Valueguys.com. What was that? No news there. On no that news first there. Part. Oh, thank right. you. Yeah. The second half of the show, I'm going to be back with three of the kind of high-quality names that everybody's come to count on me to anchor the show with. Count but first, on skipping without missing anything. I mean, but first, I'm, I'm going to turn the show over. <clears throat> this is recording, isn't it? Great. I think so. Great. Is it? Uh, be first, but Last first, week it wasn't. I'm going to turn the show over to Dennis Miller's understudy, Val Hughes. I would love that. Thank you. Here's a toast uh, to, uh, to you, Vern, as we approach this holiday well, I'm season. I'm all in favor of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got three ideas this week. This is Val Hughes um, of the Value Guys, and uh, I get to go first this week. We switch off, so you'd probably know that. I went through every uh, issue, every stock this week, and I'm sorry, it's very late. It's like midnight. We're trying to do the show, logistics, et cetera. Uh, and we've had several adult beverages. It's definitely but it's like after 8 o'clock hours. in the morning in Honolulu. Is it? Yeah. I've lost track of, of that exactly. Or something like that. Uh, but I've got three stocks, as I do every week. Um, and this week I, I got a new uh, laptop with Windows 7. It's fine. It's a great improvement. And I set up my screen in a way that I could just clickety-click through and really look at every one. And I came up with three you know, medium ideas this week. So what I don't even know at this point is will any of these ideas end up as my favorite? Because medium on our website, ideas? well, here's the thing, www.thevalueguys.com. On that page, I've got a button for my best ideas, which about every two weeks maybe one of them is. And I've got a long record going back three or four years now on best ideas. I put 20000 in each name at the close Friday. And uh, they, I, don't, I don't sell, and they're just in there. We'll see how it's doing. So you can go check that out. Uh, and then also, um, I started a blog just because I had a rant the other day on Take Two, which I've recommended. It went down a lot. I still own it. I'm continuing to own it. I think it's 
when, not if. They own some great franchises and... Um, you know, it's like television in the 50s. Did you, you hope you owned a production company? Probably. So that's the bet there. But I got in a little of a rant, and there's a button on the pay, homepage to, to that as well that you can go check that out. Three ideas. Um, I'm going to go in page number order, as I always do. And uh, first up, BP, <clears throat> excuse me, ticker BP this week. A lot of energy this week. Uh, and I did go through every. I have pretty good energy this week too. Yeah, did you? Here's the thing. I mean, we're in this recession. Energy use is down in, in historic measures around the the world. I'm doing my part. Well, we all are. We all are. I biked to work, you know, just the other day. Um, and so um, the the stocks and oil prices. People think they're down, but they're up from when I was a kid. So it seems the trend is pretty clear, even if they're not up right now. When I do the math uh, on how much energy we're going to need, when you look at per capita energy use in Western Europe and the U.S., this is how people want to live. So developing nations, when they get a few bucks, they buy a Buick. What does that tell you? Or they get a laptop or they get an iPhone. They want to be like us. They don't want to live in huts and burn grass and... You know, and, not and have these, running and water. these nations have huge populations of young people. Just reading a story yesterday about Pakistan uh, with 170 million people, I think, um, more than half of them under the age of 20. Yeah, well, I mean, so the point is the culture of Western Europe, the U.S., is the one people want, and per capita energy use is high. You can add up all the wind towers in the world you could possibly build, all the solar cells you could possibly have. Those will be important contributors, but the heavy lifting of energy production into, I mean, 50 years into the future, and this data is out on government websites, um, and it's not fudge data, it's real data. And, you know, it suggests that when you get out, you're going to need a lot of oil, and it also, uh, you know, will tell you that every time that we forecast that we're about to run out of oil, we, we just people only look for it four or five years in advance. So it only it always looks like we're going to run out because why look beyond that? I mean, how many clean shirts do you have in your co in your closet? Is sort of my thing. You, you just have enough to get through. And the uh, the time frames the, are a lot longer the, than that. Fact, it takes about ten years to bring a field, a discovered field, into production. Well, my that's that's all good. My point is these uh, the, the amount of oil that we use always ends up exceeding the ten year ago you know total uh, you know world reserves, and that's apt to continue. Uh, BP is one of the world's largest providers. You're buying it at a time when uh, oil prices are down. People are a little um, you know. Uh, Uncertain about next year. At 5.7% yield, it's covered two times. Their returns on capital, which is a good metric, obviously, to see if someone can add value relative to their cost of capital. They well, put especially up, in such a long cycle business. I mean, exactly. So they know how to structure their assets. They've got the right economies of scale. They don't miss a beat in any year going back to 99, and there have been a few cycles in there. Mid-teens, upper Upper teens, low 20s, returns on capital, and then they lever it a little bit, 20% debt to cap. Their interest coverage is 25 times. I like that a lot. I mean, there's really no risk here, in my opinion, with regard to uh, there's nothing that's going to replace oil in the big heavy lifting of emerging nations. And even in the U.S., if we just started building nuclear plants now and built them as fast as we could, uh, half our energy use or electric use would still require fossil fuels even 30, 40, 50 years from now. So these guys are going to be around. The price seems right. 
Uh, obviously, if you get into some of the detail here, um, you're going to find that, um, you know, things aren't that great in terms of demand, but they seem to have a hot hand, according to Value Line, in finding some new deposits. and such. Aren't that great? They're terrible. Well, right, but they're just as terrible as every other industrial company. They yeah. are finding oil. There's a lot of new technology that suggests, and we've talked about this on past show, there's a ton of oil in deep water, and there's new technology to go deep. Uh, I own Oceaneering, which has these little subs that go out and help to arrange the, the subsea trees and all that. But, yeah, the little you know, rovers. Yeah, but, you know, these guys are going to be around. It's uh, half the market multiple. It's cheaper than it ever gets. That's just got to be a lot of depressed people. So I like that a lot, BP, uh, page, whatever that was. Next up, I almost went out of page number order there, Vern. Avery Dennison, 462. No, this is what? page 398. Oh, 398. BP. Okay. Avery Dennison, page 462. Did you mention the yield? 5.6. 7. Yeah, I did Huge. mention that. Yeah, did you want to? Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. I think yeah. it's an easy one. Um, well, you got to buy this stuff. Like like BP's going to cut the dividend? No, they it's well well covered. Right. Next up, Avery Dennison, AVY, page four sixty two. I do this every time. I don't know why I'm a sucker for this one because the relative performance has just been straight down for oh ten years. Now what's been happening over that time frame is a couple things. One, the return on capital eroded from seventeen, nineteen, eighteen percent down to the 14, 11, 12 percent. And that's got to be obviously a combination of price erosion due to uh, proprietary products being knocked off by competitors. You know, as they tell you in economics class, high returns, if there's not some proprietary mode around it, they get competed away. And that evidently is what happened here a little bit to Avery Dennison on that front. Uh, but they still have a respectable return on capital. They're still earning an excess of their a cost of capital, in my opinion, and so I like that. And what's gone along with this decline in return on capital is a decline in valuation. So uh, part of the relative performance decline is that, you know, nine years ago, this thing sold at a nearly 40% P.E. premium uh, to the market, and now it sells at a 15% discount to the market. So any risk you would have to, you know, the, the potential for uh, multiple erosion due to eroding return on capital, that's already happened. So if you didn't own it these last few years, um, the likelihood that that's going to continue to happen is obviously much reduced with the valuation down and the returns down. So you have a better chance of sort of good luck and smart people trying to figure things out to move this thing up. It's a little bit off the lows um, of last March, but, you know, you still have a 14 multiple, and a, uh, uh, you look back over time, and that's sort of at the low end of where they tend to trade. Their operating margin has eroded from the low teens, which I always think is, is not great, but it's low enough to keep out competition, but not in this well, case. But that's a cry. Why do I want to own this thing? The valuation, Vern. That's always the reason Val likes to own things. So it's sort of what do you pay for what you get? In this case, you're paying a pretty big discount for a company that's still adding value, still out-earning their cost of capital, and is apt to have a little bit of an upswing when the economies come around. Uh, in terms of uh, some evidence that stuff's proprietary, they did just recently get some price increases, uh, and they've got some cost cutting. So you should see some margin expansion over the next few uh, quarters and, and maybe into next year. They've got a business that's been losing money, so that's baked into these numbers, and they're cutting losses. Sometimes people forget when they have a number that they're putting an annuity on or a multiple, 
if there's losses in there, you shouldn't put a multiple on losses because you can just stop the business, shut it down. And, uh, and so uh, sometimes people, you know, make that mistake. Good business, bad business is a good way to evaluate. And maybe that's going on here a little bit with this uh, thing they're shutting down. And uh, finally, Value Line is expecting, you know, a little bit of uh, earnings growth into 2010, a pretty big turnaround. If they earn that, they're trading at around the lowest multiple they've ever traded at. Um, and I think that's a pretty good entry point. It's traditionally a pretty good company. Looks a little cheap, AVY. And finally, this one might be my favorite this uh, week. It's tied in with my BP recommendation, Bucyrus International, B-U-C-Y. Value Line has a two on it. The stock's rocketed off the lows of 10. It's 54. It was 10 earlier in the year. So it's not exactly like we're early. But here's what I like. It's, uh, it's still trading at a discount to the market P.E. I'm going to work out a little number here. It's about uh, 4.5, just to enterprise value to EBITDA, 500. You know, it's still it's around 8, and I'd do the inverse of that, 1 over 8. That's a 12.5% cash-on-cash return if I own the business. And I think, again, the argument for BP holds here. These guys are in an oligopoly. They make giant equipment to help mine coal. Uh, coal is the cheapest way to make electricity. India and China, as a per capita, they want to use electricity as much as we do. Um, you know, maybe more because cell phones use, I think, maybe more electricity than landlines over time with the Internet and all that. And eventually all that stuff comes off the same grid and you need to make electricity. So coal use uh, for these emerging nations, you know, um, you, you want to be environmentally sound, but, of course, if you don't have enough money to do that, you've got to just build coal plants, and I think you're going to need big mining equipment to continue to do that. I think over the next, uh, I don't know, Vern, you tell me, 20 years, you're going to need 50 new coal plants. There's going to be 70 million tons. I just was reading a George Will article with some of these numbers. 70 million tons of coal a year, and that's a lot of shovels picking up coal, and these things wear out. So I like, uh, you know, I wish it were a little cheaper, but I think uh, based on the cash-on-cash cash yield, the certainty of the need for coal, I think this is a pretty good bet. They don't pay much of a dividend, but um, I think the stock, if it ever returns to some of its old multiples, I think you have some upside here both in terms of uh, earnings and from here, I mean, you know, the market could take this thing up to an upper teens type of valuation if it, if it wanted And to. where would the stock then be? Well, you know, I think you have to count on coal continuing to gain share. So, no, I mean, uh, the stock recently 54. Where would it be? Well, the be old high it... is uh, 80. Oh, okay. And uh, wow. at that point, you know, there were about the same cash flow per share as we're projecting for next year. Right now, there's a little more uncertainty. But at some point over the next three years, people will again feel they have perfect knowledge that everything's going to be great forever. And this thing will... <laughs> Trade at a high multiple, and you'll make a lot of money on it. So, Bucyrus, B-U-C-Y, I did a little less work this week than I was hoping to, and I'm, ha I'm exhausted, Vern. I can't even tell you how tired I am. And oh. So now, with a lot of ado, because... How disappointing for all of us night, that you can't tell uh, us. Vern Value, everyone. Well, thanks Just for toast. that. Toast. I appreciate that. Sure. No problem. Uh, stirring. Enjoy toast. your half of the show. I hope it I don't have out. half of the show left anymore. Yeah, well... You chewed up a bunch of my time. I'm, I'm 20 seconds over my time. I don't think that's no, quite the right number. I do number, think it is, and I can calculate it and prove it. So yeah, I wouldn't go well, there, my you friend. know, numbers can lie, I have right? The data. Not at all. 
Now you're chewing up hey. more time with this dopey discussion. <laughs> you just better get on with your stocks, my friend. Let's not get on uh, a rant I've got, now. I've got, you know, three really good ones this week. Um, um, and I, my first one is very small, and I've never heard of it before. Have you, Smith Micro Software? Smith uh, no. Micro Software, no, SMSI. This company um, recently reported uh, up revenue, okay, in the middle of the worst recession in, you know, the history of anybody uh, alive today. How they do uh, that? Um, well, they did it by having their largest business uh, be up 30% year on year. Uh, this company makes... Good strategy. This company makes software that is used in wireless communications um, from broadband mobile networks uh, to personal handsets, uh, and I guess everything in between. They do apparently have expertise in compression uh, management, in other words, shrinking uh, video and audio uh, into packets yeah. into sizes that can be more rapidly transmitted. Um, now, Value Line says that that's 75% of their business in 08. Then there's a consumer business that makes some, um, looks like primarily uh, utility uh, kind of products uh, that was 25% of the business. Now, they just reported a quarter, and Value Line makes this. I thought this, this is what got me interested in the first place was that um, it said that their one business was up 31%, but the uh, the results in the other business kept the full year gain to 4.5%. Well, I can do the mm -hmm. math on that. Mm -hmm. And that consumer business went from $10 million a year earlier to six. Um, so the thing, the reason I go to this this through this explanation through all this math is to make the point that a year from now this business will be even more weighted towards the business that's growing 30% in a recession and less weighted towards the business that's down 40% right now right. there are a lot of examples of this going on in uh, various companies across different sectors where uh, businesses that uh, people knew were not very good businesses that used to represent still a somewhat material proportion of the business are just getting destroyed in this downturn and in many cases are becoming a rounding error now and really change the complexion uh, of the investment vehicle. So it's something to be, to be aware of. Now, in this particular case, it looks like you simply have this, this business that's had a long gestation period company founded in 1983, went public in 95, um, did a follow-on in 2006, and it's only this year that their uh, total annual revenue uh, has exceeded $100 million. And uh, they apparently recently lowered their guidance for the year by about 4 or 5%. Stock is down 45% from its highs of about three months ago. Um, I'm now looking at something that, again, has you know, 70 80% of the business growing 30% in a recession because its uh, patented products, as observed by Value Line, are starting to be added by you know, major players. Sprint's looking at uh, product um, that they might introduce in 
as many as 80 different markets covering 120 million people, which would then require uh, a complementary cell phone products. So um, Smith apparently benefiting from rollout of 4G networks. So, well, the demand uh, for data has become you know enormous. There's an article in the journal about it today, and so I'll bet. Uh, you know, they got to be one of the few solutions. Yeah, that you anybody can who can quickly. do anything to improve the capacity of what we've right. got um, is going to find themselves in increasingly in demand as you. Uh, What's their operating you know. margin, may I Their ask? operating margin right. was uh, 25% in 2005 when they had 20 million in revenue. It went down to 10% two years later. Value Lines looking for it to return to 25% this year. On more than 100 million of revenue, they're looking for revenue to go to from 108 to 135 next year, with flat operating margin. Business at 200 million in a few years from now. I'll bet you that that's a conservative estimate if you do the homework on what you know every new market entry means um, in terms of uh, their penetration. Uh, like the patented products and the profitability, I got about 10 times cash flow. Uh, really, this looks like a great opportunity to buy something that you wouldn't normally think of as a uh, as a value name, especially because of uh, where the company appears to be uh, in its business life cycle. So, SMSI Smith Microsoftware. Now, my other two names are energy plays, but um, they're both foreign companies, and it, it, it provides the opportunity to make the point that, of course, most investors should have some exposure to foreign stocks in their portfolios. And, you know, that may sound exotic. You know, we're in the world oh, foreign stocks. How do I buy that? Yeah, I, I don't have I don't any know anything about the Bombay Exchange. I don't but, have any. You know, you can buy Suncor Energy, which trades as SU on the Toronto Exchange and on the New York, um, and you're buying a nearly pure play on the Canadian oil sands. And, you know, in fashion, out of fashion, Style oil above a threshold level of seventy nine. I hear is the number for that for the threshold now for oil. incremental investment. Well, maybe that's right, but um, these companies are putting in massive investments in fixed architecture that uh, capacity. Uh, I mean, we're talking billions of dollars, people, uh, over multiple over several years that has to be invested to bring capacity online. Um, and once you've done that, you can't afford to not be running these facilities at the highest capacity rate possible. Uh, and really the key to this story is the United States um, because we have an insatiable thirst for energy. Um, they are going to uh, represent uh, the most stable source of supply for the next 50 years. And uh, here's a company that not only is involved in this space, um, they have a uh, uh, major integration effort underway because they recently bought Petro Canada, the numbers for which are in the value line projections, et cetera. So with the deal done, Suncor is trading at just a little north of six times EBITDA. Now, if you take the inverse of that, as Vern, uh, Val likes to talk about a cash-on-cash cash return, in other words, we're using EBITDA as a proxy for cash flow, um, one over that number then, um, you know, in this case, 15, 16, 17 percent 
uh, expected cash return then off of getting involved here. Um, not only do we have huge operating leverage to a return to higher oil prices, assuming that happens at some point eventually, um, but we also have a significant opportunity to deleverage the balance sheet now because of this acquisition they did. They just did, which roughly doubled the amount of debt on their balance sheet, but still left them at about 40% debt to cap, uh, with interest covered more than 18 times. So I don't really pick up any risk. And I picked up more capacity, more proven reserves, uh, more licenses or whatever the Canadians make you get uh, in the Athabasca River Valley. Um, so uh, very interesting. As I recall, Suncor is nearing completion on a major incremental, uh, you know. Uh, I like that, Vern. I do. Um, I think those Canadian uh, sand, uh, tar sands are way underappreciated for their true value. And yeah, how strategic they're mm-hmm. going to be yeah, exactly. 20, 30 years from now. Yeah. So Our friends you have you uh, more carbon energy than anywhere <clears throat> in the world. How about and that? so then lastly, this brings me again to another foreign stock. Uh, this is Total, uh, trades as an ADR on the New York under the symbol TOT. Value line rating this four, just like they rate Suncor, they rate Smith Micro a three. They got a kick out of the Smith Micro three. Their expected return is 15 to 31%. I'm not sure, you know, you know that momentum model the value line uses really. Must be frustrating for the analyst sometimes. Um, Total, you know, Value Line's talking about growth from the 06 to 08 period out to 12 to 14 of 3 or 4%. You know, okay, well, 2008 had some pretty wacky oil prices, and maybe that's hard to see, but they're talking about a three-year average. I just don't see how that's possible. I mean, Total is, I mean, the beauty here is that not only is it foreign stock, but this is a, this is a French oil company. They don't have the problems the Americans and the Brits have. You did this last time. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're willing to about go it before. anywhere. Right. They can go anywhere. Value Line says that, you know they're in Vietnam, Azerbaijan, and they're talking about a partnership in Iraq. You, I mean, you know, the American gets Iran. off the plane and there's like, you know, people are shooting rocket-propelled yeah, yeah, grenades yeah. Yeah, at his limo. You can't, yeah. I, you know. So this is a company that's going to have a uh, have a competitive advantage, I think, for a long time. They've gone on an efficiency drive in recent years. They've gotten their operating margins up from the mid-teens to the low 20s. Wow, um, good and job. They're, and they're company. covering a dividend yield of excess of 5%, um, almost two times on earnings, You know, not to mention much higher All right, on well, free cash flow. So, that's interesting. Um, you know, fabulous yield. we got to move this along. Real interesting growth opportunity. Favorite this week? Favorite this week. Uh, Smith Micro SMSI. I'm going to say Bucyrus, page 511, and that's all this week, everybody. Yeah, take care, folks. We'll see you next week.